Hi, and welcome to the Hairstylist Rising podcast. Today's episode is going to leave you inspired, motivated, and we're going to really address some tough issues that we all face in the beauty industry today. My guest is Robin Shear. She is a hairstylist, Instagram influencer, body positivity, and self-love advocate. Welcome to the show, Robin. Hi, thank you for having me. I am so excited to hear more about your personal story and to also dive in. So a little bit of background on why Robin, how Robin and I met and why I invited her on the show today is Robin and I first met because we actually worked together. This was several years ago um, for a freelance bridal company called Blush Artistry. And I was automatically drawn to Robin because she is so, so authentic. And as I have gotten over the years more into coaching hairstylists on how they show up in their marketing, a super common theme that we come across is not wanting to show up insecurities, particularly surrounding showing up as yourself on your Instagram, showing up on video and all the things. And over the same time period that I've gotten into coaching, Robin has really come into her own in the body positivity and modeling world. And I thought that it would be an amazing interview so that Robin can help kind of give us some mindset tips and share her own story on how she overcame doing what was expected and learned to live as her truly authentic self. So I cannot wait to hear more about your journey. And why don't we get started by you telling us a little bit about how you got into the beauty industry and what your journey as a stylist and makeup artist has looked like so far? Sure. Wow. That was quite the introduction. I loved it. Um, it's so nice. My love language is words of affirmation. So when people like say amazing things about me, I'm like, Oh, my cup is so full. <laughs> anyway, so I went to school, I went to hair school right out of high school. I grew up in a small town. So we didn't have even cosmetology in high school. And so I went to Evelyn Charles academy in 2008 2009 I don't know feels like ages ago but and I loved hair school like I always knew that that was what I wanted to do it was never even a question I think everybody who knew me knew that that was just the right fit and I feel so fortunate to even be able to live that like you know so many people can't they don't find what they're passionate about and they are searching forever for a career that was never my journey um, so I went to hair school and then ended up working in a salon straight out of hair school for about five years here in Edmonton. Um, within that time, so in high school, I actually completely blew out my left knee, meaning I had to have surgeries, tore everything in it, which then leads to me doing that again, having to have two more surgeries down the road. So I ended up getting out of the hair industry, not completely, like I feel like as a hairstylist, you're always doing hair, like it doesn't matter if you're actually working in a salon or not, <laughs> so I still continue to do hair um, throughout that time, but then I worked in a desk because my surgeon was basically like, you need to stop working, you need to stop working on your feet, and my issue was just overworking and I always overworked and pushed my body to its limits. And like, you know, I was always that stylist in the salon that would 
uh, somebody would come in and my eight hour shift would end up turning into a 12 hour, 13 hour shift because I just wanted to work. I just loved it. And I still today to this day love it. And I do think that's in part to me leaving. Not, I guess I didn't leave the industry, but taking a serious step back from the industry. Uh, and then when did I get back? I slowly built up. Can you hear Latte drinking? Sorry. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm we always have, mom. We always have her children make an appearance on the show. Yeah. <laughs> so awesome. Um, so then two years ago, I got back into it basically full time. I opened a salon in my house. And then I also have been freelancing now for Blush Artistry, which is where we met doing bridal. So now it's just about maintaining that balance. And I completely left the insurance industry. So how did you make the decision? Because like, I know that you've been, yeah, doing freelance and, and quite heavily for that period. What was it that made you feel like you were ready to go back into the hair world on a more full-time basis? So hair has always been my passion, like the beauty industry. I've always been super passionate and I've never felt like it's been work, but that's also part of my problem. So I was working between doing my insurance job and working in the salon for my, like in my own salon and doing freelance bridal. I was working up to 80 hours a week, which was just wow, insanity. Yeah. Like, I never recommend it, <laughs> but I had these goals that I really wanted to accomplish. And I felt like at that time, that was the only way I was, I was not having a personal life. I was definitely neglecting friends, family, even myself. I mean, primarily at the end of the day, I neglected myself. Mm-hmm. And so I just knew that I had to make the transition back into what I was completely passionate about. And now mm-hmm. At the end of the day, I mean, I make more money and work less, which I think ultimately is what everybody wants to do. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. That so is- had- <laughs> and then I had a huge um, shift in my personal life when I lost my father tragically. And that kind of really, you never want it to come to that. You never want it to have to like get hit by this wall that makes you look at life differently. But that was definitely my changing factor. So that's when I took a step back and was like, okay, I need to reevaluate my life, reevaluate why am I working so hard Mm -hmm. and then missing out on all these opportunities with the people that you love, right? So then that was kind of what made me really come back into the beauty industry full time. It is it is one of those things that I think for a lot of people, that really, really big, tragic experience or something super life-changing has to happen. And I think it's unfortunate because the way that we've almost, and I, I think this is slowly changing, but the way that a lot of us have been brought up, and I mean, even in hair school, I remember that the the primary goal and objective was always like when you were successful was when you were as busy as humanly possible, right? Yeah, we glamorize so, busyness. Yes, absolutely. Yes. And not necessarily even in a way that is is profitable. No. It's just all that busy work, right? So, I mean, I think that 
through this podcast, one of the things that I was really hoping to accomplish is helping maybe people get to that a little bit before Mm -hmm. the big, you know, tragic thing changes. So maybe, maybe, you know, through our experiences, we can help other stylists to, to kind of take control of that beforehand. Mm -hmm. So what would your biggest, I guess, advice be when it comes to, making the changes to, like you said, work less and make more. Were those really strong boundaries that you had to instill? Yeah. So my biggest thing was just implementing boundaries, telling myself I was only going to work so many hours a week and not fit that extra client in every day. Um, Even just so many people now too work for themselves like it's not where you call a salon anymore and they book you in we are doing so much behind the scenes and social media is so prevalent that people think that we should be working 24 7 and I have really set those boundaries with my clients and with new clients even if I get somebody who messages me I don't respond until what I call my business hours unless I deem an emergency which never happens (laughs) Yeah. And I think that's the thing, right? Is when you work for yourself, it's so hard to be like, oh, it's so hard not to just make little exceptions. But I feel like when you start to make those exceptions, they really pile up quickly. And before you know it, you're like, okay, well, I'm not actually sticking to my boundaries at all anymore. (laughs) Absolutely. And I did that. Actually, this is probably my first summer and my first bridal season, which this is 13, I mean, this is like 13 years that I've been in the industry and it's taken me this long. This is my first summer. Mind you, I'm exhausted, but that's a whole other story, (laughs) but I am working the amount that I want to be working. I think I'm more exhausted from now having a social life on top of it because I've freed up so (laughs) much time for myself, which is amazing though. And I, and it's just, it really brings it back to you can have a work-life balance, but that is what, whatever that means to you and whatever you feel like is the best. Yes. I for yourself. And I think that comes down to like, whether, you know, extroverted or introverted, like some people need social time to recharge and that's mm-hmm. okay. Some people need to be alone and like literally sit in their room and read a book and that's mm-hmm. okay. I think it's just finding what works for you and, really getting to know yourself and how you recharge. Mm -hmm. And I think that's part of the self-love journey as well is learning what actually makes you tick instead of chasing the outward perception of what quote unquote self-care should look like. Mm -hmm. And I'm a very social person. I thrive in social settings. And so I think for me, working feels social. So that's Mm -hmm. where I have a very hard time not having that balance because all through the pandemic when we were working, I still felt social. I never once, and I feel very fortunate to say that I never battled mental, any sort of mental issues during the pandemic. And I think it's because I was able in my eyes to be social by taking clients, even though that was work. Um, But there is totally a whole other level of spending time with like your loved ones that just doesn't compare to that. And once you can attain that, it feels amazing. And my, like, I would say my biggest piece of advice would be to do it sooner. You can still hustle and hustle within your boundaries and with the amount that you want to work, but then try to find that balance of your own self-love, let's call it, if you're social or want to take a bath or whatever. 
Yeah, I love that. So do you think that, because I know that you've been on, and it, this has been a public journey, so I'm not sure what the the private journey has looked like. Mm-hmm. And I'm hoping we can dive a little bit into that. But I know that, you know, just through watching you and then just knowing you, that you have been... I think the first thing that I saw was um, like when you planned a body positivity photo shoot mm-hmm. and you've really been advocating for teaching women how to love themselves, women of all shapes, sizes, races, whatever that might look like, um, how to really accept themselves as they are. Would you say that finding like part of your journey has been like allowing yourself these boundaries and that's almost a form of self-care and did that lead to your public self-love and and positivity and advocacy yeah I don't know it's you're making me really think about that question actually (laughs) and I don't know if they necessarily go hand in hand because I personally have always been a very confident person and Mm -hmm. me starting like that was, I think, almost three years now ago now when I did that body positive photo shoot. And the reason I even did that is because from working behind the chair, I found that I could make people feel externally beautiful. But the mm-hmm. conversations that you have with people behind the chair is what you really, really start to like dive deeper and hear their insecurities on the inside. And no matter how good I made them look, I could never affect them internally. If that makes sense? Yes, absolutely. Um, So then I kind of feel like, well, this is when my brand even shifted to, okay, well, I can make people feel beautiful on the outside, but how can we help on the inside as well? And that is when I really shifted into the whole self-love. And I mean, I feel like self-love for yourself is always a journey. We're always trying to find how to feel best about ourselves in every way. And I I don't think that self-love should ever be a you should ever give up on it or ever stop trying to love yourself more because there's just not enough of that out there. It is, it is definitely like a journey. So can you talk a little bit about what you are doing now and how you're using your platform? Because you have built up a platform. Um, and I'd love to hear a little bit about how, cause you're still a, a working stylist. You're still doing hair, but you've also got this other piece to your business and you've really built a personal brand. So how is it that you are using the platform that you've built to help other women predominantly to feel more confident? And wh- what are, what's your piece of that puzzle? So... I think that what it really came down to was by me showing that living in my authentic body mm-hmm. and just being whoever I want to be, whatever that means, and showing the world that that's okay. I mean, I guess for people who don't know what I look like or haven't seen me, I am a plus size woman. So there's a lot where everybody feels shame, but you know what? There's not, there's shame in being too thin as well like it, it just there's no winning battle anymore no um so I lost my train of thought <laughs> so um I really found that I needed to lead with confidence and by showing up authentically and being able to communicate and build a community with people 
is what made me more successful, even within the hair industry. You know, I get clients that want to come see me because they're like, oh, wow, like you're the exact same person when I'm in the chair and online. And there's no facade. People can feel like they can be whoever they want to be and come see me or they can just send me a message and we'll have a conversation. So it's really about just building a community around your brand. And I think a lot of it is about representation too. And I know this is something that we've heard a lot of recently, but I mean, for so long, we have been basically fed what the mainstream media has deemed beautiful or desirable or whatever it is. And I've always found it so fascinating that women's bodies, which are something that we are born with, are subject to trends, like which body parts should be bigger, which body parts should be smaller. And, you know, the fact that that can change from, you know, year to year or month to month, it seems like sometimes. So for the longest time, I think that we are subjected to what is kind of the du jour, like body shape or face shape or whatever it is. Like, so it's really difficult, I think, for women who don't fit that current mold to feel confident showing up. And I think that's why a lot of hairstylists and a lot of women in general are feeling like they have to look a certain way in order to show up in their marketing. Mm -hmm. So tying this back to even what I do in coaching one-on-one, I know that there's a lot of stylists who are worried to show up because they're like, well, I'm not tiny and 20 and blonde. Like, how am I supposed to, you know, be on Instagram and all these things if I don't look a certain way? So I think the more that we have diverse women, diverse different groups of women showing up and being unapologetically themselves, that's how we start to to normalize your own form of beauty and Mm -hmm. the fact that you don't necessarily have to fit into a mold in order to be confident and feel beautiful. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the biggest thing that I've learned is that regardless of what you look like, people value the human connection. So they don't, I don't feel like people follow me or communicate with me because I look a certain way. I mean, yes, they might relate. I might have plus size women or indigenous or whatever who relate to me and who then want to like have a conversation or be a client or, but I think it's just about that human connection and you don't need to look a certain way to have that. That, that is why your clients keep coming back to your chair because they value you as a person. So if you're showing up how you are, they're going to value that just as much. I, yeah. uh, <laughs> it's funny because I always joke that you see like model Robin on my feed mm-hmm. and then clients show up and I work from my home, so I don't usually get ready. Not to that extent. And yeah. not I, first. No, and I always laugh and I'm like, oh, did you expect that Robin to be here? Because she's not here today. But in my stories and when I connect with people on social media, they know that that's who I am and that's who I'll always be. And that's, I think that's truly, really valued. That's how I connect to people who I love on like any form of social media platforms. 
Yes. And I think that it's important, like, you know, from a, from like a building a personal brand, from a marketing perspective, when you're building your beauty business, I do think that it's important to incorporate both of those aspects Mm -hmm. because I love, like, I love working with photographers. And I think that there's something that is just so empowering about getting back photos where you look like a total boss. And I also think that there's something to be said for, you know, when, when you scroll through, a a service provider or a business owner's Instagram feed, and you see some of those professional photos, it definitely does add that air of legitimacy. Mm -hmm. But I think that showing up more authentically is what builds connection. Mm -hmm. And both of those things are equally important. I agree. I found that when I switched, and I'm not saying switch to a personal brand, like if hair is what you want to keep your feed as, keep it as that. Mm -hmm. But when I switched to posting more about myself as well as hair um, mm-hmm. because I did make a transition where I did 50 50 where I kept hair in my feed if you go to my if you end up going to my feed you'll see that now it's 100% basically just me um, but when I made that transition is when my social media started to blow up and yeah. I think it's because when you just see a bunch of hair who are you connecting with you know, hair photos are pretty, but we value, we truly value the human connection. And whether that's just showing up in your stories or in reels even, or whatever form of social media you're using, um, I truly think it's so important. Yeah, I 100% agree with that. And, you know, I even have shared this before on the podcast, but I use Instagram to find service providers mm-hmm. sometimes when I'm, you know, if I'm looking for a new place to go for something or I'm in a new city particularly and I'm just looking to go get a blowout or like a mani or something like that and if I don't see the person behind the brand I don't I won't go there because there's something there's a comfort level that you feel mm-hmm. once you can see the person behind the business and it doesn't matter what they look like or anything like that it's just again about that connection and if you it, it's a certain comfort level when you're going to a new business if you already know what to expect you already know a little bit what the person's about and what you can what you can expect when you meet them it makes the experience so much more comfortable for the client from their end Oh, absolutely. I, um, I work with a lot of photographers and there are so many times where I, cause we just communicate via Instagram or text and I'm going to meet this person and it could be in a public setting and I have no idea what they look like because they're not on their page. And I'm just like, yeah. okay, cool. So what do you look like? Because I need to know who I'm looking for. Um, yeah. but then I also see it in, my when I get new clients and they're like I know everything about your life and it's amazing but like I feel like we're friends and I just feel like it makes this connection so much faster even though I'm just like putting out silly things and they know what I ate that day and they're like cool I mean it doesn't (laughs) have to go to that extent but it it truly yeah will take your business to the next level showing up and it just feels like you're showing up for your clients yes I agree yeah so You work with a lot of photographers and you work 
on both sides. So both Mm -hmm. as someone who gets photographed a lot. And then also as someone who I know that with, um, with blush, you do hair and makeup for a lot of photo shoots, whether Mm -hmm. it's like brand or boudoir or whatever that is. What are some tips that you can give my listeners to make the most of their either brand photo shoots and how they can feel their absolute best when they show up to get their photos taken? Because this is something that the stylists I work with can definitely struggle with Mm -hmm. is it's feeling super confident for someone who, you know, once you get your photos taken a few times, I think it becomes a lot more comfortable Mm -hmm. and it's exciting. I remember the first time I was terrified. So from someone with a ton of experience in that area, what are some tips that you can give my listeners? So find a photographer that you love their style Mm. as well as you that you form a connection with them or that you just feel like you can be comfortable because even to this day, there are photographers that I'll work with where I am a very confident person, but initially I'll be like a little more not myself. But then there's other people where I'm like, okay, like I'll take all my clothes off. (laughs) I do a lot of boudoir. So I'm just like super comfortable. Um, So that's a huge one being comfortable, but, and also love their editing style. Um, and make sure it fits within your brand. But another thing is don't try to conform to what you think your feed should look like. Obviously Mm -hmm. you're going to curate it to how you want it to look, but don't, if you don't wear denim, don't show up in denim because you think that's what you should do. Mm -hmm. I am very true to myself where I will show up and wear leopard or because that is what fits my brand. And that's ultimately what's going to make you feel more comfortable. Because if you don't wear a hat and you show up wearing a hat, you're going to be like, why did I wear a hat? Like, because you think that's what's cool or that's what's on trend right now. Um, That's such good advice. Professional hair and makeup is huge also (laughs) Mm -hmm. from, from both sides of it. Get do what will make you feel good. If that's going to get a spray tan, if that's getting your makeup done professionally, um, yeah, those will be my main tips. I totally agree with that. I still get my makeup done every time I get yeah. a photograph because it just is a great way to start the experience. And it's, you know, like even if you're great at doing your own makeup, okay, then do your own makeup, but just make sure you feel really, really good. And sometimes starting it off with professional hair and makeup can just make that experience so much more special. Mm -hmm. And it becomes like something you get to do versus something you have to do. Um, And I love what you said about what you wear and how you show up as with in respect to your branding, because I think that that's so important. And I always say the easiest way to be consistent with your branding is to be authentic. Mm -hmm. If you're trying to be something you're not, it's going to be difficult to keep that up long term. And keep in mind, the end goal of your marketing is that that person meets you eventually. Mm -hmm. You want them to become a part of your business. So if you're representing yourself in a way that's inauthentic, they're going to be pretty surprised when they show up. And that's not what you're like in real life. Totally. I feel like we are so overwhelmed by people online who aren't themselves that we can pick it out so easily nowadays. Mm -hmm. You can truly see the difference between the people who are authentic and who aren't. Absolutely. And I'll echo what you said too, about how like, 
I, my experience, and I've talked about this before, was as soon as I started incorporating more of my authentic self and, you know, more of myself in general into my Instagram, my business really did blow up. Mm-hmm. And I think that finding that way to be confident and to feel great about yourself is, is going to make a huge difference in your business. So even if it's uncomfortable at first, most things that are worth doing are uncomfortable at first. So don't be afraid to push yourself a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I find because I, and I talk about this with my coach, I don't get uncomfortable very often. I'm not a nervous person, but anything that makes me nervous or uncomfortable is what I should be doing because that's the only time yeah. I'm growing and stepping into out of my comfort zone. And I need to do that more often. Like, For me currently in my life, that is going on dates. It just is like so gross and I don't want to do it because it makes me so uncomfortable. But that's when I grow and I know that. It's so true. Like, you know, growth does not come from your comfort zone. It's just, that's just a straight up fact. (laughs) There's no way around it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So Is there any advice that you would give someone listening to this being like, yes, okay, I'm inspired to show up more. I'm inspired to be myself, but I'm still terrified. Like, where do you start? How would you advise people just take the first step? Um, I would say start small. I know that going on stories can be really scary for people. Um, But even just taking a picture, start with a picture and then work your way up to a video. Um, or do, if you want to do a live, do it with a friend, you know, get another hairstylist or get a makeup artist on and do something or just have a conversation, little things like that. I would definitely say a branding photo shoot is going to work wonders for you, but you also, Mm -hmm. if you can't invest that money at this time, I mean, iPhones and self timers take amazing photos. Absolutely. Lightroom presets work wonders for making making your photos look branded and consistent and it doesn't have to be a huge investment. I love that. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show today and sharing your wisdom and your knowledge. Where can people go to find out more about you? So I am primarily on Instagram at Robin Hates Olives, Robin with a Y. Uh, yeah, we don't like olives over there. Um, I'm also on Facebook, Robin Hair and Makeup. I'm on TikTok at Robin Hates Olives. That's about it. I have a website coming soon, but that'll